Her mother never met a stranger, evident when so many people stopped and greeted her, studying Glynis as they did so. She smiled in response, well aware she was the subject of speculation in the ballroom. Glynis McKeon, come home to Glasgow. Glynis widowed now. She lived in Washington, you know. Had Charlotte already started talking about her? Her hand still trembled. She clenched her reticule, forced herself to breathe deeply, and felt her smile freeze into a rictus of expression. She should congratulate herself for venturing out into Glasgow society. Nothing would have prepared her for the encounter with Lennox, but at least it was done now. At five years old, she'd marked him as hers, tucked him into a spot behind her heart where he'd always stayed. So much had changed in the intervening years. She pitied the child who loved so well and so fully. What is it, dear? her mother asked. She blinked, bringing herself back from the past with difficulty. Nothing. You have the saddest expression on your face. Are you thinking of Richard? The best answer would be to nod and allow herself to be caught up in her mother's sympathy. Instead, loath to lie to her, she said, No, when I was five. Eleanor smiled. You were the most beautiful little girl. And woman, she added. Her mother had always been her staunchest defender, even on that night seven years ago. After leaving the anteroom, she'd fled to their carriage, where her mother found her. I never want to see Lennox Cameron again in my entire life, she had said. Her mother had only leaned over and hugged her. You don't truly mean that, my dear. She described the scene in the anteroom, carefully omitting the kiss. She just hung on him, and he let her. There's some talk of a marriage between him and the Count's daughter, her mother said gently. She'd felt her heart break in that moment. It would be a very good match. The families have known each other for years. The Camerons are selling the shipyard in St. Petersburg to the Russians. She hadn't been able to hold back her tears. Oh, my dear, I'm so sorry, Eleanor had said. Her mother surprised her with a trip to London the very next day. The thought of returning to Glasgow ten days later horrified her so much she'd begged to stay in England. Reluctantly, her mother left her with their English cousin. Three weeks later, she sent a letter to her parents informing them she was going to be wed. Richard seemed to be the answer to a prayer, but perhaps some prayers should not be answered, or even uttered. At the south end of the ballroom, twin archways led to the terrace. The night beckoned, promising a breeze and a little solitude. After she'd spoken to Mr. Cameron, she'd escape. People jostled each other good-naturedly, the drone of conversation growing louder with every passing moment. Laughter brought brightness to the room, and it made her smile to hear it. Finally, she stood in front of Mr. Cameron. He sat in a throne-like chair, his left hand resting on one of the lion's heads at the end of the arms. Ever since she was a little girl, he'd had a shock of white hair like a patch of gorse on his head. Clean-shaven like Lennox, he flashed a bright, wide smile at her. It's Clinis, Mr. Cameron, she said, placing her fingers on the back of his brown, spotted hand. Clinis McKeon, home again. How nice of you to come. 
Have you changed much, little Glynis? She smiled at the appellation. He had often called her that, especially as she raced through Hillshead. Not in appearance, she said. I'm a little older and wiser. Ah, but aren't we all? What is the perfume you're wearing? It's spicy and sweet at the same time. It's called Spring Morning. One of the few things about her Richard hadn't been able to change. She smiled up at Mary, who stood behind her father. After congratulating Mr. Cameron, Clinis kissed him on the cheek, then moved away. Glancing around, she found her mother occupied in a discussion with Mrs. Mackenzie. Heading for the doors to the terrace, Glynis escaped into the night.